You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe and worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Extension Hour. I'm the Extension Agent for Family and Community Health. I've got Brandon Gregson, my co-worker with me. County Extension Agent for Agriculture Natural Resources. You want to say hey, Brandon? Hey. <laughs> he does that really well, right? <laughs> hey. Um, and then we also have Jacob Martinez. You go by Jake, right? Yes, ma'am, I do. So, Jake, you want to introduce yourself? I'm Jacob Martinez, Ag and Timber Coordinator for Montgomery Central Appraisal District. Um, been with the district for about 16 years now, two years in the Ag and Timber Department. Um, and really enjoy what we do. Yeah. All right. And then we also have Misty Gibson. So, Misty, you want to introduce yourself? Uh, Misty Gibson, also Ag and Timber Coordinator at Montgomery County. Uh, I've been here for two and a half years. Prior to that, I worked in Newton County for six years. A lot of timber work there, uh, very little ag, but I've gotten into more ag as I've partnered with Jake. I moved over to the Ag and Timber Department in September, so... Okay. Well, it's great to have you guys with us. So this is the Extension Hour. We talk about all kinds of things that are related to Extension. And so, um, you know, each show may be a little bit of a different topic. Sometimes we talk about, we've talked about suicide prevention and behavioral health. We've talked about horses. We've talked about 4-H. We've talked about, um, actually, a recent show we had, we talked about ag laws, agricultural laws, um, and how that affects landowners and that kind of thing. So this is kind of our topic today will kind of relate to that, but we're going to go a little different direction because Brandon, when we were talk, we talk often in um, in office conference about you know what kind of topic do we want to do on the radio station because we want to make sure that all the um, areas that we cover are represented in the radio program. And um, Brandon says, you know, I get a lot of calls about people wanting, <clears throat> excuse me, wanting ag exemptions for their land, and um, of course, you know, ends up. Uh, referring them to you guys, so we thought, ah, let's just have the um, have the experts in. But Brenda, you want to talk a little bit more about how those questions come in and and how you respond to those? Well, yeah. Um, and this time of year, you know, it's uh, it's kind of a big deal because they're looking at that, looking at filing if if they're interested in an exemption on their property. Um, but as we've stated in other shows, we have a lot of people that are buying pieces of property in Montgomery County. Um, land that gets fragmented from larger sections they'll buy a 10 acre tract or a 20 acre tract or somewhere in there and then what do they do they call the extension office what do I do with my property and I hear that I can get an exemption on my property taxes so um, there's a lot of different things that they might qualify for and so our office is obviously a, a, an educational resource for them so we have all the information that comes from you yes sir that we can kind of prepare them to talk to you. But ultimately, I end up referring them to your office because that's who they got to visit with. Um, but yeah, we get those calls, if not daily, you know, several a week, um, wanting to know, can I get an exemption? What do I qualify for? Um, so. And I, and I think those are all very good answers that I, I mean, questions that I get every day. Um, one, bis, I guess, big misconception is, Someone has some chickens and things of that nature on their property. Isn't an ag- it's an agricultural practice, but is that land really producing food and forage for chickens and things of that nature? And the answer is really no. You'd have to have a huge amount. And so one of the things we try to do is um, we have a website that breaks down the different ag valuations that you can qualify for. Um, one of the 
things that I've always heard is, oh, you have to have 20 acres for an ag valuation. Mm -hmm. And that's totally untrue. There are different subcategories under the ag valuation, along with timber and wildlife. And so what we'll get in today real quick is go over some of the, the, the breakdowns as far as an ag valuation. So that way we can get that misconception out of the way of the 20 acres, because that's the last thing we want people to, to think in Montgomery County. Now, the 20 acres does apply to any type of grazing animal, whether it be horses, cattle, sheep, goats. It's approximately 20 acres. 75% of that land must be open grazing land. 25% can be wooded uh, because it all goes back to the amount of units you have to have on that property. Also, if you have to have at least eight head of mama cows on 20 acres of land, well, that you better have quite a bit of grazing land. So it can't be wooded property. And I think that all makes sense to a lot of property owners who know anything about cattle horses it's going to be at least six brood mares so just having horses on the property will not qualify okay uh, sheep and goats and things of that nature it's quite a it's about 30 i believe it's 30 units um animal units per 20 acres so it's not just having a few head of sheep or goats or or a combination of different animals to be able to get an ag valuation on property um, let me interrupt you one, just really quickly and ask you um, a question. So, Misty, you said you've worked in other counties as well. So is this what we're going to talk about or what you're talking about? Is that specific only to Montgomery County yes. or is that? So before we get too far into that, let's talk a little bit about how those regulations come up. Who Who is responsible for saying that it takes 20 cows or six brood mares or that kind of thing? I can take it. That's fine by me. Typically, that is going to be decided by our Ag Advisory Board, okay. which is um, three individuals from the county that um, on different activities, we get their information. We um, come together and look at what is typical for our area as far as how much pasture land we actually have versus wooded, la wooded, wooded lands and things of that nature. And we derive a number from, from all that different types of information from, from whatever they may provide to what we will provide from the county will come up, come together and make that distinction at that particular time. A lot of times Ag Extension Office has been involved in things of that nature. Every year when we have to do a report, we reach out to, to Brandon and them to get their advice too. And so a lot of the, the cattle and things probably been in place for at least 20 years mm -hmm. as long as I've been here. Um, some of the new things that came up was like beekeeping and things of that nature. So. Uh, we do have an ag advisory board um, that makes the, that helps us make those decisions, and then it's presented um, to the um, board of directors, and then we'll eventually um, solidify our evaluations at that time. And I would like to add to mm -hmm. that, uh, and you may experience this in your phone calls. Each county is different mm -hmm. in, in the requirements. Uh, the county that I came from did not have a 20-acre minimum for grazing animals because it primary was. Uh, timber mm -hmm. uh, so you had a much smaller agricultural tract than you would here so it, it, it goes there's a number of factors that go into it um, but one of the things like Jake said is what's typical in the area but as well uh, the amount of forage that your soil type can provide for the animals uh, for example in West Texas uh, I think it's what one animal unit per 50 acres Yes. Yeah. Uh, so it's, you know, it's, it's pretty drastic. So we get a lot of those phone calls as well, um, comparing us to Harris County or Liberty County or San Jacinto County. And so uh, for sure, any time that anybody comes in, we advise them to check our guidelines because they will be different. Right. That's what makes us a good partnership because mm -hmm. we, you know, we can help people figure out, you know, what the carrying capacity is of their property. Um, 
help them learn the importance of a, a, a soil test and how it relates to forage capacity and, and, and then ultimately carrying capacity of their property and, you know, so. And Brandon, a lot of calls that you get are people who have moved in or just bought property. So they, they lived in another county and then they bought property in Montgomery County. And mm -hmm. so that can be kind of confusing as well because in the county point. that I lived in, yeah. this is what the people that were nearby said, but in Montgomery County, it's, and what I hear you guys saying, it is probably is different because every county mm -hmm. is it's pretty it, significantly different. Yeah, it's definitely going to be different, yes. Okay. Um, the only one that probably will be pretty close throughout all counties will be our beekeeping valuation. It's a state law. It's a minimum of five, maximum of 20 acres. Minimum of five, extra, ma maximum of 20, solely principally devoted to for beekeeping. So that is one that's going to be pretty much... Um, statewide with all counties uh, that is the one that will be the same statewide because okay. it is the only one that is outlined in the property tax code huh, minimum of five acres yeah. maximum of 20. Yeah. and so we have had some previous shows too with beekeepers so if that's something that uh buzzes uh, in your brain yeah <laughs> we're definitely going to go into that too so what i'll do you know we just discuss grazing animals because mm -hmm. that's where that 20 acres does come into play However, if you have a five acre track or five plus acres, let's just put it that away. And I say five plus acres for like hay or beekeeping because that gives you an option to build, be able to build a house on there. That's the main thing you want to think about sometimes if you're going to, if you want to do beekeeping or if you want to do hay or something on your property, because that, that minimum is five acres, but you need to have some extra excess acres right there to be able to, to build a residence on that property if you choose to do so. Now, some might not. However, most will. Uh, some will tell you, oh, it needs to be six acres. That's not necessarily true because it just depends on what type of home you build on there, how much land you're going to be clearing and things of that nature. You know, so that can vary. Um, but just always make sure that if you're going to do hay or beekeeping, it's a five-plus acres. Um, now, we do go down to three acres. And the three acres is going to be like an orchard or truck farming and things of that nature. Um, I have very few orchards. I've had a few more over the years. Um, but not that many truck farming. I don't think we have probably any because to summarize what truck farming pretty much is, it's like having a full three acre garden. Uh -huh. And if you have a garden at your home right now that you garden once a year, twice a year, or something of that nature, by the time you're done with it, you're fed up with it. So can you imagine doing three acres and you have to sell wholesale to the, to the public and things of that nature too. And so that three acres is really just there's nothing that you really can do with it other than garden and stuff. And so that's where we don't have a lot in the county. Um, and then, so that would pretty much summarize the ag valuation right there. Um, however, bees also fall under ag valuation too. And as we hit on earlier, it's a mac minimum of five, maximum of 20 acres for the beekeeping. Um, and then we have our timber valuation um, is an another special evaluation that, that a property owner could qualify for. And it's typically... It's a minimum of nine acres for, for timber, um, and you must have a timber management plan, whether you get with the local forest service or a local forester in the area to develop a plan for you to help grow that timber for in the future for production. And then wildlife is another activity that a property owner can do. Now, it's the only ag valuation, I guess you would say, that you must be on ag or timber the prior year of appraisal to be able to go into wildlife. And that's a question I get quite a bit. Hey, can we go into wildlife? Because if you think about wildlife, you're just improving your property for the wildlife, for the natural wildlife. 
but you can't go into it unless you have ag or timber on the property because wildlife has no productivity value like ag valuations do cattle and timber and things of that nature. So there's definitely a lot that goes into this and making those considerations. And we want to talk about that some more, but we're going to take a little bit of a break before we come back, kind of process the things that we've talked about. And uh, we'll come back and talk a little bit more about some more details, how to apply, um, what this means for you in terms of paying taxes. That's one of the things that people are, are interested in when they want that ag exemption. Um, but you are listening to the Extension Hour right here on Lone Star Radio, 104.5 and 106.1 worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. So if someone's like listening, in another part of the country make sure you check with your county but we're going to be right back and we're going to talk about the montgomery county appraisal district with jacob or jake and misty and brandon uh, right after this what can the better living for texans program do for you you can learn how to increase your consumption of fruits and vegetables choose foods that are relatively inexpensive and good to eat make your food dollars last longer Prepare quick, nutritious meals, help your children learn how to eat healthier snacks, and much more. Our program is committed to helping people like you improve your health through providing research-based nutrition education in a friendly, cost-free, and relaxed environment. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make their lives better. Our talk shows and music shows are looking for sponsors. Want to expand your brand awareness? Reach the hyper-local audience in Montgomery County? Lone Star Community Radio sponsorships accomplish this. Want to see our stats and rates? Check out IRLoneStar.com sponsor for more information. Or call in and leave us a message at 936-647-3776 with your question. Get seen on TV or YouTube and heard on our podcast, FM, and internet radio. Sponsor your local radio station with Lone Star Community Radio. Listen in Mondays at noon to hear Conroe news from local nonprofits, businesses, upcoming events, Conroe Park events, news stories, and information that matters to you with your host, Margie Taylor of Taylorized PR. For more information about being a guest, visit IRLoneStar.com slash Conroe Culture. And welcome back to the Extension Hour. We are here talking with Jake and Misty of the Montgomery County Appraisal District. We've got Brandon in here too. He's our ag agent. He gets lots of calls um, about uh, ag exemption. So people like, you know, hey, I bought some land. I want an ag exemption. Can I get it now? Like next week? Is that what they ask you, Brandon? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. you say, sure, no problem. No, Let me we hook don't you up tell with Jake. Them that. <laughs> <laughs> so what is it that you tell them? Or what kind of talk a little bit about some of the questions that you get? Well, we and... talk about creating a history of ag value over the course of several years to be able to qualify for that. And then we send them off to Jake. So we try to prepare them, you know, before he goes and helps them apply for that. And mm-hmm. um, But you can take that if you want. Yes, sir. Um, so... For any ag valuation, there must be a five out of seven year history established on the property. So if a property owner buys a piece of property and and they've done all their research to what they want to do, let's say it's cattle or something, and they realize that it doesn't have an ag history, whether no one's ever been running cattle on the property or they just bought it and um, they know that it hasn't been on the ag valuation, never has one. Well, they have to build a five out of seven year history. And the way to do that is 
as soon as you want to make that step to build in your history, you're going to want to reach out to either I or Misty at the appraisal district. And what we'll tell you is typically we want you to fill out an application explaining what you're going to do on that property and then give us any type of evidence that you might have showing that you are starting that process, whether it be that you bought this property and you're clearing it all and you're fixing a, you know, go to Brandon, get a, uh, talk about soil samples and things of that nature, you're going to be fencing. That's theoretically a start of the history right there, especially if you're going to do cattle because you have to start somewhere if the land's not cleared and things of that nature. So you would get in touch with us. We'd take that application and some counties, they, they require that you file an application every year during the building of history, whether it be for beekeeping, ag, or things of that nature. What we require at Montgomery County is that you fill out an application. And if you put on that application, I'm using this application to start my history, then at that time, we don't have to send you a denial letter out, which costs you know money to send out and things of that nature. And it just would be a repetitive thing each year. So we'll file that on the, into our system. We'll make notes in the system also that you started your history that year. So then from that point forward, we leave it up to the property owner to either one, keep documentation that supports their history, that they've done something each year to get to their main goal out of that five year, or two, reach out to us via email or something of that nature and just have that, that contact with us throughout each year so that way when it comes down to that that sixth year basically it's the sixth year that you would actually fill out a new application then we have all that documentation via email and stuff that shows yes this person has been doing exactly what they're supposed to be be doing and nine times out of ten you're going to qualify for that that evaluation at that particular time now that's basically on cattle building that history and things of that nature and but on like beekeeping for instance beekeeping is, is one that when you start off with your, your history on beekeeping, it breaks down the first six eight, first five acres, calls for six hives that are ultimately gonna to have to be on that property. And then each additional two acres, two and a half acres beyond that calls for another hive. So if a property owner had five acres, they're gonna to have to have six acres ultimately. But what we, will, what we require to start that history is at least having two active beehives on the property by April the 30th because at that time, those bees will be on that property for the majority of the year active, and will start your history at that particular time. And that typically is if you're gonna need eight or less hives to ultimately qualify for the beekeeping valuation, you start off with two hives, add a hive each year, or some one year you may add two, the next year you may not add one, but just keep records of that via email or something of that nature. Now, if you're ultimately gonna have to have nine plus hives, then we want you to start off with four hives, so that way you add one or two a year by the fifth year or the sixth year at that particular time, you would qualify for that beekeeping valuation. And with that being said, it's still up to the property owner to build that history and then also contact us the year that they're eligible for qualification. Because um, once again, we don't ask property owners to refile each and every year, send them a denial letter, which the, the fee for uh, certified mail five years in a row we just think it's at this time we don't have to do that because we've had property owners that have really done a great job staying in contact with us whether they contact us first contact brandon he sends them to us we've haven't we haven't had any problems at the at this time and so um and for listeners here because you know this is going to cross county lines mm -hmm. it's important for them to work with their 
county's appraisal district because it can be different in terms of that filing process every year there are neighboring counties who do make you file every year yes so and there's one thing um, that i would like to clarify when we say a five out of seven year history uh, it could be possible that you buy a piece of property that already has an agri-timber valuation on it you didn't realize it you don't reapply the year that you purchased the property um, and then the next year you're, you're speaking to someone, you're speaking to Brandon, or you're speaking to your neighbor who has cattle, and they say, hey, you're paying full value on this. Don't you know that you can get a break in your taxes? Mm -hmm. So you call Jake, and uh, you've let it lapse one year, but if you go back and count, if you go back and count seven years, you've still got a five-year history. So that's, that's why we say a five-out-of-seven-year history. There may have been a gap or two when you weren't currently under valuation, but you still had the qualifying agricultural or timber activities on that property to qualify. And what, what I'm hearing you guys say, so that regardless of the county that you're in, you mm -hmm. need to have a long-term plan. Don't expect it. You have, need to have patience. So you can't expect it to be just a turnkey, kind of come in, get your evaluation, your, your discount, just because you want it. Um, and you also have to be very detailed in your record keeping, either on your own or from the previous um, owners, right? Correct. Now, if, if you bought a property that was currently under valuation, and you knew that and you did apply in that first year, then you would have that sort of turnkey okay. um, situation. But that's, if you go into it conscious of that fact. Yeah. How, how often would you say that happens that, I mean, is there, is like, how often do people just think they're going to come in and, and start with a new, with the valuation as opposed to those that have already kind of researched and quite often. Out? Yeah. Quite often because in their mindset, they're buying some country property. Um, they're have some horses or some cows or something of that nature on, on it. And, and they're coming to us, hey, I want to get the ag valuation mm. um, because they've heard about it and they know it's going to save them tax dollars ultimately and I'm doing something agricultural, but they don't know the ass, all the ins and outs of the degree of intensity the, you know, that all goes behind it. Um, and so once we're able to talk to those folks and work with them, especially if they have the amount of, uh, enough land, first thing, a lot of times when I speak to someone, I really ask them, how much land do you have? Because I can give you all the, the breakdowns of the cattle and all of that stuff. But if you only have two acres of land, unfortunately, you're not going to be able to qualify. Now, if you have three plus acres, I'm going to tell you about the orchard. I'm going to tell you about the, the truck farming. Nine times out of ten, people tell me, uh, no, that's a little too much work. I'm going to pay the taxes, which it is a lot of work. Um, but, you know, we try to help people figure out what will be best for them if they have no clue at all. But I definitely talk to them, ask them first, how much land do you have? And then if they say, well, I have this much and they have enough land, then I ask them, well, what are you doing to get an ag value? Well, we got a couple of horses or a couple of cows. No, 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 we have to have quite a bit more. And we just explain to them. By the end of the day, they realize what they need. They have a plan because we're very um, property owner friendly. I, I, Misty can tell you, I spend probably three quarters of my day on the phone. And I think she loves that because she gets to do the clerical side of things. She's a master of all of that. And she tells me, you do the talking and I'll take care of this over here. And I'm like, yes, ma'am. But uh, it's been a great partnership with us so far. But yeah, it, a, lot of, a lot of it's being transparent with the property owners, talking to them. Because they have all kinds of questions. Sometimes they don't know how to, they don't know how to ask you what they're really wanting to know sometimes. Right. So you, you just um, go back and forth with them and just have a conversation. Before, and like I said, before you know it, they, they have everything lined out. Mm. Um, What's your perspective, Brandon, on the kind of calls that you get in terms of people wanting to know about um, using 
um, getting the ag exemptions. The majority of the calls that I get are literally brand new property owners that have moved in here from Houston or, or somewhere like that, and they really don't have an idea of what they want to do. I bought this land, and I tell people this all the time. People call and they ask, what, what can I do with my property? Well, what do you want to do with your property? Let's start there, and then let's see what's feasible for you to do with your property. And then we end up talking about the ag valuation at some point when they start figuring out their, their property taxes. But um, most people that call me um, that are new landowners haven't owned property before. And so they, they come with just you know, a clean slate, you know, and just want to know everything they can. And it is important to have a, a goal for that property um, for yourself, but also when you're getting ready to go and talk to you guys, mm -hmm. you know, to have that plan already in place. So. And so how helpful is it for you guys if someone has already talked to Brandon before they start putting in their um, application? It's quite helpful because a lot of times they get a better understanding of what is true agricultural practices and things of that nature. And, um, and, and they already have a, some sort of a goal at that time. And then now they're co contacting us to real, just see what they need to implement to conquer that goal. And um, it, it's a great help. Um, and that's why we've also revamped about two years ago our website to mm -hmm. where it has every bit of information that we're talking about today, black and white. And I always said, if I can go in there and figure out what to do, then anyone would be able to do it. I was a test demo on that one, Misty, I'll tell you. But, um, but, and, and so if you go to our website, I always um, recommend that people go to our website also. Read through there because that's also going to help you narrow down your questions. And, come, and when we talk, we're almost so close to filling out the applications and things of that nature. They, always, they already have a plan rolling sometimes at that particular time. Hey, I know I need to do this, and I just have to tweak a few, few things at that particular time. So we are going to put the um, website in the, it'll be in the show description, but just in case, uh, go ahead and share what that is and how people get to that website. Go ahead, Missy. It's www.mcad-tx.org. Uh, and then if you go up to the top, we have a, a tab that says specifically um, Ag, Timber, Wildlife, Special Valuations. And then uh, from there, you can choose which one you'd like more information about. Okay. And when you say MCAD or MCAD, so that's Montgomery County Appraisal District, mm -hmm. and then dash TX. Org. And that's that's for us in Montgomery County. Mm -hmm. So you can just go like Google local county um, appraisal district, yes. right? And probably yes. find it that yes, way you as would well. Be able to pull it up that way. Yes, okay. Right. And that's got all kinds of information that'll help you find whatever it is. That and you most need to counties find. do. Um, and I know this from doing some of our research as well. Most of them will have their degree of d intensity for each um, activity on, on their website. And if not, they will at least uh, have a contact number for that person. Yeah. So excellent place to start. Good place to start is also with the county extension office that you guys never turn away anyone who calls you directly first thing right away. Oh, Talk no. to Jake all afternoon. Love huh? it, love <laughs> it. I mean, because you really start to build a relationship with that, that property owner and, 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 and they feel very confident after they get off the phone with you, uh, you know, because uh, you can read something all day, but then when you get that someone talking to you firsthand to verify what you thought was either right or wrong, it, it just makes a world of difference, and the application process is, is so much easier at that point. And we'll go in that, into that in a moment, I guess, the application application process yeah for sure so we're going to take another break uh, but we'll come back we'll talk a little bit more about how to apply and a few more um, 
uh, details that people would be helpful to know because you know you can look at things on a website sometimes it doesn't make sense you can hear it sometimes it doesn't <laughs> make sense so we're going to put those things together and we'll do that just as soon as we come back after this this is the extension hour we're here every friday 1 to 2 p.m on lone star radio and we'll be right back Don't forget to download the Lone Star Community Radio app from your Google Play or Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's community radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM. That's Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. If you are on the computer, bookmark IRLoneStar.com as your internet radio station. A Lone Star Community Radio. Broadcasting 24-7 from the heart of downtown Conroe, Texas. From the beginning, the main purpose of the Cooperative Extension Service has been to change human behavior by teaching people how to apply the results of scientific research. By utilizing a holistic, multi-level approach, Extension Family and Community Health Programs encourage health and well-being for everyone. Addressing values, concerns, and needs with reliable science-based information, Extension programs help people lead healthier lives. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make their lives better. Hey y'all, it's DJ Mike from Dan Simon, Texas. Join me Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. as I count down the top 10 Texas Red Dirt songs that are packing the dance floor. I'll be featuring local artists and the story behind the hits, shows in the area, as well as new songs that make you want to dance. It's Dance Diamond Texas with DJ Mike on Lone Star Community Radio 104.5 KCZW and 106.1 KZCC, Conroe, Texas, or online, IRLoneStar.com. And welcome back. This is the Extension Hour. We highlight our people, our programs, our partnerships. One of the great partnerships that we have is with the Montgomery County Appraisal District, especially especially Brandon. So because people call him when they're wanting to know about getting uh, tax exemptions for agricultural land. And um, so Brandon gives them great information, helps them uh, prepare for talking to the appraisal district so they may talk to Jake or Misty about those kinds of things. So we also mentioned the website. Great information there. Uh, mcad-tx.org. Good place to start, find out information, but Jake and Misty are there to answer all kinds of questions that um, you might have. So we wanted to go next and kind of talk a little bit about that whole application process because we've already mentioned it takes some advanced planning, it takes some detailed information, it takes kind of a big picture um, before you start applying for that. So what, what's step one, Jake? Well, I would say step one, figure out what, have a goal, um, what you want to, to accomplish. If you're going to do grazing cattle and things of that nature, read up on the guidelines that we have available on, on the website, and then go to the application at that particular time. And I'll let Misty go into the details as far as when we need to file the application and things of that nature. But definitely it will be, number one, figure out what you want to do. And by that time, you should have already spoken to us if you haven't call us and let's figure out that goal. Um, if you are doing multiple practices, some people may have timber, some people may have cattle, bees and things of that nature. It's very important that you read the guidelines and see which one that the, all of your property would qualify under because that's the, that's the only valuation that you would actually get the benefit for. You can keep on doing bees or cattle or, or timber or something of that nature 
if you want to, but you have to have one goal in mind that does meet the degree of intensity. So for instance, if you have 25 acres and you got about five acres of timber, yeah, you may be growing that timber for production in the future, a little bit more timber than that. Um, then you have your open grazing land that you're running your cattle on. And then you do have some hives over here. You may not have the amount that we need to qualify all 25 acres. Well, first of all, only 20 acres would qualify under B, so you wouldn't want to go that route. So that would eliminate the beekeeping because you're only going to be able to get 20 acres under that. However, the cattle, if you have enough um, head of cattle on the property, that's going to get everything under that ag valuation. So that's probably the best example I can give you right there is that your goal is to get all of your to maximize all of your property under one ag valuation. So you don't get bonus points for having lots of different things, right? <laughs> no, you don't get right. bonus points by no means, no ma'am. <laughs> um, and so that's one thing, just always review our guidelines first and foremost. Um, if you're a new property owner and you know that that property had an ag valuation already on the property, it does not mean that you may be doing that same activity, but what you do have there as a new property owner, if you go in and buy a piece of property, that you know that has an ag valuation on there. You have that history and history is everything in ag, timber, property, and then wildlife also. But we'll get into wildlife um, in, a, in a moment after we talk about the application process. But um, if you have that history right there, you need to review our guidelines and make sure that whatever you're gonna do is gonna meet that qualification. Now, I get calls a lot telling me that, hey, this property is under ag or timber. When they say timber, I, re I really get hesitant sometimes because I, I tell them just because it's under a timber valuation, we have to make sure that let's say Bob who owned the property before you didn't go in there and clear cut everything and didn't let us know. Now you bought a piece of property that has a timber valuation on it, but the odds of you getting that timber valuation on it probably may not be that great if they went in there and clear cut it all and never planted trees. However, once again, it has that history. It was under a timber valuation when you bought it. You do have other options at that particular time, whether you take that land, turn it into native pasture land for grazing of cattle or something of that nature, that's an option for you. Another option is what we were, I just spoke of earlier is the wildlife valuation. Okay. That is an evaluation that you can only access if you had ag or timber on that property the previous year of appraisal. So when people are trying to make their decision of what they want to do with that property, like I said, if they bought a piece of timber property, they call me, I said, well, sir or ma'am, this property has been cleared. It would not qualify for timber. Well, what, what can I do? I don't want to run cattle. Well, you have that option of wildlife. And wildlife pertains of seven different activities that you must perform at least three on the property. To summarize it up, it's basically you're improving that property for the natural wildlife on the property. Okay, and on our website, under our wildlife page, we have the seven um, activities broken down as far as uh, degree of intensity for wildlife. And the reason why we did that, we want to be transparent with, transparent with property owners. So that way, if they didn't want to hire someone to do a wildlife management plan, they can go in there and look at our degree of intensities. And it's spelled out almost to the T of what we require for each activity and what they would have to in place place on their property at that particular time. Um, so it's definitely um, a good activity that we need in Montgomery County to keep the natural wildlife and especially to keep agricultural property around because we find also a lot of people will go into wildlife that, um, you know, used to run a lot of cattle but maybe can't do that degree of intensity anymore, uh, whether they're getting older or whatever the case may be. 
but they want to keep that property under some type of agricultural valuation. Well, wildlife is something that you can go into and basically it's non-revenue changing. It will basically uh, be the same tax burden, tax base as what it was prior because going into wildlife, it pretty much locks in on the whatever it was appraised at before. So that's something very important for a property owner to know if they buy a new piece of property and it may not still qualify for the activity that was in place in, um, before, that wildlife is an activity that they have the right to go to that year because they were under an ag or timber valuation. And so there's been many people that I've talked to that would have loved to went into it, but they waited too long. They didn't contact us. They didn't make that move. They thought, well, the trees were gone. I couldn't do this. No, there's always a way. And so reach out to us. We're willing to work with you, help you out to, to, to um, keep property under ag and timber as long as it falls within the guidelines. I mean, we're not here to take anyone off. Um, I've been in agriculture, what, I'm gonna say my age, I'm 40 <laughs> years old, I'll be 40 here soon. So I've been in agriculture my whole life. My dad was an ag teacher for over 30 something years. So it's something that I truly believe that we need in Montgomery County, especially with all the growth. Mm -hmm. Only way to keep some property around is have these special valuations for the property. I'll let Misty take over on the filing process for applications and things of that nature. Uh, one, uh, and those seven criteria that he mentioned are for really, wildlife. they're yeah. really easy. Okay. Like he said, it spells it out. And a lot of times there's things, there are things that are already existing on the property that you just enhance or keep or maintain. I'm glad you brought that. Let me give you an example real quick. Okay. Uh, so that property owners understand that. So for instance, one of the biggest ones that we find a lot is supplement food. When you think about supplement food, one of the easiest things to do it's is dessert. One, yeah, yeah, that's what I think about, you know. Sorry. But um, it's like a deer feeder for every 50 mm -hmm. acres, throwing at least 16% protein year round. Most people who have, like Brennan just said, a little bit of land, they have a deer feeder out there or something. So it's just making sure that you meet that requirement of throwing feed year round. Uh, for instance, supplement shelter is another one. That's basically one birdhouse, bat house, duck house, brush pile, or something of that nature one for every two and a half acres or yeah one for every two acres i'm sorry so if you got 20 acres you'd have to have a combination or you can have 10 bluebird houses 10 bat houses whatever that might be that that may work for that property so that's a very easy activity that a shelter doesn't necessarily mean a construction of yeah. anything it could be you know that habitat could be that brush pile that that's he just mentioned. naturally occurring exactly okay. uh, supplement water for instance um, a lot of times that's just a water uh, an active water source for that property that you have to implement whether you if you dig a pond that can be considered a water source but people who have a pond or, or a creek on a property that's not considered a water source what we're really looking for is um, a low-lying trough not it doesn't have to be ground level but close to ground level because our what we're looking for is for all animals to be able to come and drink out of rabbits squirrels coons whatever it might be to have access to water so those are three activities i just stated right there that are very very easy to implement if you're trying to figure out, okay, I got this property, I can't do cattle, I can't do timber anymore, but I have this history right here. Really look into wildlife because that is something that will really help a lot of people and a lot of people tend to enjoy enjoy it and, and contact us. Once again, we're open books, you know, come in, call us, whatnot. We're, we're, we're willing to talk to you. All right, so you've got a really clear goal. You got an idea of what you wanna do. What do you do next, Misty? 
Now you've got to do the paperwork. And that's that that's the part that Jake left out earlier. I, I told him I get that he doesn't he, like that, but you do. He yeah. can do the talking. I'll take care of the paperwork. Okay. Uh, and so with the application, it's a, a state mandated form. It's put out by the uh, state comptroller's office every year. We do have a link to it on our website and uh, there is a uh, 1D1 application for agriculture, which you would fill out if you were going to run cattle, if you were going to do beekeeping, um, or if the property is currently under agriculture use and you'd like to convert it to wildlife. And then there is a 1D1 form for timber valuation that you would fill out, of course, if you wanted to do timber or if it's the property is currently under timber and you're wanting to convert it to wildlife. Uh, and in the case of wildlife, there is an additional uh, form that is published by the Parks and Wildlife Department, and we also have that on our website, uh, where you go in and it's a detailed plan of uh, which of the practices that you are in, intending to follow um, and how you're going to implement those. So, and all of our all of our applications are due by April 30th. Um, uh, there is a late penalty if you file after April 30th on agar timber um, that does not apply to wildlife which is 10% of the difference between what you would have paid with full market value and what you would have paid with the uh, ag special valuation. So, but uh, we really work with everybody. If you uh, have hired a forester to do your, your forest management plan and he hasn't had time to get it done because he had 87 people call him on April 15th right. and say, I need a management plan. As long as you get your application into us on time and he reaches out to us and says, I'm gonna write this plan, we're going to go ahead and approve you. We're not going to count it as late because that management plan came in after April 30th. So, uh, And then the absolute deadline for qualifying in any given year is the certification of the tax roll, uh, which typically happens around the middle of July. So uh, at that time, it's we're, we're finished. But uh, up until then, between April 30th and the certification, you can still file. You just have to pay the late penalty. Okay. And if for some reason you miss that April 30th or whatever, you just don't have all of your paperwork together, it's a good time to kind of work through all of those things to get ready for the next year, right? Because it's not like there's only, you can only do it the year, I mean, the, the year that you purchase or you can, you can actually apply at any time. Am I understanding that correctly? That is correct. Yes. And I'll emphasize on one thing. If a property has an ag valuation, I think Misty mentioned it earlier, if they fail to, to, um, apply that one year because they thought that hey it was on ag and that's where that's a big misconception that people think that when i buy a piece of property that i'm going to be able to retain that ag valuation you can but you must file a new application because that ag valuation is for that property owner now the history the ag history follows the property but the ag valuation that that property owner received does not it's not transferable i think okay. people think it's transferable it's not unless you fill out a new application and you're able to prove up that you are doing those activities in place. So that's one thing I want property owners to, to always remember is that if you buy a piece of ag property, either contact us or go to our website, know what application you need to fill out and turn that into us as soon as, soon as possible. Um, another thing is the, the rule of thumb to always remember, if you do miss that first year, you can't, if you go more than three years without that property being un, under ag valuation, because we always say the five out of seven years, but one way to always, to really summarize it up, if that property is out of ag for more than three years, you have to start that five-year history mm -hmm. all the way over. 
one thing, I, the reason why I mentioned that, I don't want somebody going, man, I missed it for two years. I can't get back on ag. That's wrong. You can. Because if you don't go that third year, if you contact us by that third year, we can get you back on. Or even that second year, you know. But that third year, is, it's a mag magical year. And we've, had, we've been able to help so many people that call us up, well, I know I lost my ag. What I got to do to get, well, hey, if you're doing these activities, we can get you back on this year. And they're, they're like, well, really? I didn't realize that. Well, I said, yeah, that's not a problem. So don't ever let it go past three years. And if you got to put a little bit of money into it because you're coming up on that third year, you might want to spend that extra money to get the cattle back on, to do the fences or whatever, because you're going to reap that benefit once you get that ag valuation back on um, tenfold. I mean, it's, it's a huge discount. And just to reemphasize the point, if you do let that uh, lapse, if you wait till that third year to reapply, you would not qualify for wildlife at that time. You would have to qualify for agri-timber first, and then you could convert to wildlife. All right. So lots lots to take in, lots of really good good information. Um, we're going to take another break, but we're going to come back. And then you guys, like, if can you come up with some top five kinds of things that you want people to remember? Like, if you wish people would just do these five, it can be up to ten, whatever, things um, before they apply or as they're applying, what would those be and what would you tell people? Um, and we'll take a break and we'll come back and do that um, when we come back for the extension hour right after this. We have the safest food supply in the world. Strict laws and regulations restrict the usage of hormones, antibiotics, and pesticides within our food supply. Production agriculture practices and technologies such as the use of GMOs, which is not any more or less risky than conventional crop production, has allowed American farmers to produce more food on less acres in environmentally sound ways. Find out more online at pathtoplate.tamu.edu. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make lives better. And we're back with the Extension Hour, highlighting our people, our programs, our partnerships. We've got great partners at Montgomery County Appraisal District because there's a lot of people that are interested in having an ag exemption on their land if they're a landowner. So we've had some really good conversation, lots of really important information, but we wanted to kind of sum it up with like a last few thoughts. And Brandon, we'll start start with you because you um, had, had some good suggestions during the break there. No, basically all I was saying is that if you're a new landowner, you don't know what you want to do with your property, feel free to call and we can sit and talk for however long it, and you know, sometimes that's 10 minutes, sometimes that's two hours to talk about what your goals are, what you'd like to, to see and do with this new property. Um, there's a lot of information that goes along with owning land that you probably aren't aware of that we can get you know, established before you then call Jake um or their office to to discuss ag value what do i do about going and applying for ag value and then hear what he wants you to do you know and then jake you were telling us something about some just kind of give people a heads up of something that's going to be different this year because when you get mail from the appraisal district sometimes like, rah, 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 yes <laughs> yeah no that is exactly right um what we are doing this year we are trying to update all of our records on all ag and timber properties and the law states that we must have an application that has a correct owner's information and um, gives a detail of what that property owner is doing to qualify for the ag valuation or timber valuation per our guidelines and things of that nature. Um, one of the problems is with ag is once you filed originally, let's say you, you've owned a property for 30 years, you filed 30 years ago, 
Okay, we have that application, and it's in a filing system just like anyone else would have a filing system from 30 years ago. However, it's not scanned to the system. And so it can be literally a needle in a haystack to go file that, find that application. And even that application could probably need to be updated due to maybe a, a tweak in the name or something of that nature. So this year we're having the people that we don't have up-to-date applications on, and I think one of our criteria was with, within the last 10 years that we did not have an up-to-date application scanned to our system. We're simply sending out a letter this year, whether it be ag, timber, or wildlife, requesting that that property owner submit a new state application. And in that letter, it's gonna tell you exactly where to go to find the application. Nothing in that letter says that we are removing you off of ag, or we are removing you off of timber, or we are removing you off of wildlife. Nowhere in that letter does it state that. However, if you do not fill out a new application so that we can have it on file, so if the state audits our property, a property to where we can have an application for them, you will be removed off of ag or timber because we have requested that you send us in a new application. And it's a way for us to update our records and then also make sure that we have that property owner classified under the correct ag evaluation. And, and the reason why I say that classified under the proper ag evaluation, because there are people that used to run cattle on 30 or 40 acres of land. Now they changed it up. They're still doing agricultural practices in their mind, but now they may only be cutting hay. Well, the amount of hay that they're cutting is only 30 acres or 50 acres, but they're still on that ag valuation for the cattle. Well, we need to correct that. One of the ways to correct a situation like that, they are cutting hay, they still have an ag valuation on the property for native pasture land. That property owner at that particular time, if they wanna remain, keep that whole 50 acres under ag valuation, most likely they're probably gonna to need to review the guidelines and make sure it's okay, look, I'm not gonna qualify for native pasture land anymore because I, I'm only cutting hay now, I'm not running cattle. That's fine, you, you've done that but you would want to probably look at the, the guidelines for wildlife because you have that ag valuation on there. This is a year for you to make that move because if you send that ag application back to me and it shows that you're only cutting hay on 30 acres, but yet you have 50 acres, you're gonna lose that 20 acres because you're only practicing ag valuation on that, that 30 acres at this particular time. And that's gonna be probably a lot of people out there that are doing, that, that it happens to. Not that anybody intentionally does that, but you know, farm people, you know, they, they change things up and, and they're not saying, they don't ever think that, hey, we need to contact the, the appraisal district because we're not knocking at the door. So we are asking people to refile We're and I strongly recommend that everyone look at the guidelines to make sure that you're gonna qualify for the ag valuation that you're currently doing. It's very, very important and I can't emphasize that much. Uh, enough um, because if you send us an application and it doesn't consider all of that land for that ag valuation you will you will lose a portion of that ag value and once again we're not here to remove anything we're here to update our records have everything correct for the property owners in montgomery county so that way no one loses that ag, ag valuation in the future you know um, and so there are ways to keep that on there and i strongly emphasize look at the wildlife valuation if you find yourself in that position to where I may have cut all my timber off, but I still have the timber valuation this year, I may not be running cattle anymore. If it falls along those lines, please, we just can't emphasize enough, I don't think, Missy, that you really review those, those guidelines. 
and then turn in the proper application. I mean, we, it's going to be spelled out in that letter. We may send you an ag an ag refile letter. That doesn't mean that you have to do the ag refile. You may be switching into wildlife. Well, then you just go to the wildlife page, and those applications are on that wildlife page. And once again, reach out to us. If I had to sum everything like five things up of what property owner needs to do, is reach out to us. Whether it be Brandon to get an idea of what he could, what you can do to the property, and then reach to us to for a property tax side of things to be able to ultimately lower your tax burden. Because I will emphasize, and I don't think people realize the magnitude. If you don't have ag valuation on your property, it can be detrimental. Let's, for example, if you have a piece of property that's valued at $100,000, taxes on $100,000 with the 2% tax rate is going to be roughly about $2,000. If you receive an ag valuation for native pasture land, for cattle or something of that nature, it's roughly about $55 an acre for productivity value. So you take that $100,000 piece of property that's valued at $10,000 an acre, that now goes down to $55 an acre. 55 times 10 is what, $550 times the 2% tax rate? Is that about 11 bucks a year in taxes? Yeah. 11 bucks, 12 bucks a year versus $2,000, we're talking about a lot of money, and that's yeah, only on a 10-acre piece of property. Get on up to a $500,000 piece of property, that's really gonna hit your pocketbook quite heavy. So mm -hmm. it's definitely a benefit for the property owners. It's a way for property owners to keep land in Montgomery County and not have to sell off. And if you have the ag valuation, just I really want people to realize how important it is to just keep doing what you've always done on the property and fill out the application and you're not gonna have any problems. And if you run into a little hiccup, don't think that you're not gonna qualify, call us and we'll figure out some type of solution. As long as you call us before April the 30th, you have an, and that's another thing, April the 30th, if you wanna transfer over into wildlife, make sure you get in touch with us prior to April 30th because after April 30th, that wildlife option is no longer to, available to you and you might be only stuck with 30 acres of ag valuation versus the 50 like I gave an example earlier. All right. But So Misty, last thoughts? The one thing I would really like to emphasize and it sort of goes hand in hand with uh, Brandon's recommendation of having a goal is educate yourself. Um, especially if you're wanting to do something like wildlife eventually, what would be the best path to get you there um, that would qualify you in the meantime uh, to get there and uh, just really do your homework and and have a, a plan in place and just realize that um, by by seeking this special valuation you're also uh, Jake alluded to you're you're helping protect the land mm -hmm. uh, not that we want to protect from development obviously development is good for the economy but we need these open spaces as well uh, and so we will do everything in our power to help uh, figure out what's the best best thing to do, best option for you, and we will do anything we can to work around uh, the requirements. Uh, but just educate yourself and help us help you. And when I was asking you guys earlier about last thoughts, Jake, you said, "Call me." Call me. And Misty said, "Call Jake. Don't call me." <laughs> and, and we're 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 serious about that because I think you know even when property owners like I've been in the ag and timber department for two years. But prior to that, I was in the residential side, dealing with property owners every day about their market value and things of that nature. And so many people will walk through the door just frustrated because they don't understand. They can read it, but unless you've been in the business, you don't understand it. Mm -hmm. And and so if and once I've dealt with those folks and explained to them the process of why we do what we do on the on the market value side of things, a lot of people are 
may not like the valuation that they get, but they, at least they have an understanding of, of how we got there and wasn't just a rabbit pulled out of the hat or something of that nature. And if someone is explains them, they're better to, I guess, take it versus not knowing anything and stay at home and be upset. So that's why I say call us, let us speak to you. Um, you know, if, if you think, okay, you have to fill out this refile letter and you just don't have a clue what to do, we will walk you through it step by step. I will sit down up front with you and walk you through it and explain to you everything that you need to know. And if you think, don't think for a moment it's going to cost you an arm and a leg to do a wildlife because it, it won't. We, we've, we specifically put things out there on a website for property owner to be able to do everything that they need to do on their own, except for like the exception of the forest management plan. And that's one that I want to emphasize. If you're on timber, if you do not have an up-to-date management plan provided with that application, you will be removed because that's one of the most important things right there too. You have to have something in place that you're trying to produce timber for production in the future. And if you don't have it, we will deny you that timber valuation. So, um, and then obviously you can call the extension office mm -hmm. too. So Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service of Montgomery County or whatever county that you are in, because as we mentioned before, every county is a little different. Mm -hmm. So Brandon is here in Montgomery County to help you out with those kinds of things. Jake and Misty, thank you so much for spending some time with us today to explain this, because obviously it can be a little overwhelming. There's a lot to think about, a lot to be patient about, <laughs> but um, you guys are are definitely very knowledgeable and able to help people out with that information that they need. Um, and you know, maybe we can have you back again on another another show and talk a little bit more about some of those other things that we didn't get to. Um, but we are here every Friday on the Extension Hour. We highlight our people, our programs, our partnerships. We love having partners come in and, and visit. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening and we'll be back next week. See you then.